come here to hurt me, and I come here to maim you. that pretty face i don't think you've ever taken a punch before in your life now now it's i i for an eye now it's you you take one of mine and i take two of yours remember sitting at home acknowledge it's tuesday wrestling tuesday with jonathan hood WWE, AEW, MLW, NWA, New Japan, the Indies, and more. It's the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday Show with Jonathan Hood. What's up and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday from the wrestling capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois. I am Jonathan Hood. So glad that you're with us. Hey, my friends, don't forget the YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Also, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT. And, oh, we got merch. We got merchandise. I appreciate each and every one of you listening to the podcast and supporting the merch. If you need a mug or a tumbler, if you need a T-shirt, if you need a sweatshirt or a hoodie, we've got it for you right there. On my link tree, in my bio, on Wrestling TWT, either on Instagram or Twitter. Hey man, if you want some merch, represent the podcast that you love, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, right there. The merchandise is available right now. Nice prices as well. Uh, So check it out. Love to get your support on that. We've been doing very well with the merchandise sales so far. We just want to continue to spread the word that Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday is your podcast. Today... And by the way, if you've gone to the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we've had a lot of new voices on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, which I'm very proud of. Um, Andrew Thompson from The Post in Toronto was on the show. He really gave us an hour of really great information and great conversation uh, about a week ago. We've had some terrific guests, new voices on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And uh, listen, it's always good to have conversations. And one of our newer voices is CJ Taylor. He's been on the show with me. And if you remember, go back to the archives when we really review 2021 and look ahead for 2022. C.J. Taylor uh, from the ctjreport.net always does a great job of covering wrestling. So, I hey, he supports me. I want you to support him. So go to the ctjreport.net, bookmark that. He's always got some great blogs. He talked about the Elimination Chamber. Now, if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know I'm not watching that shit, right? I never watch the Elimination Chamber because I know what it is, right? I know what it is. It's not the Royal Rumble. It's not WrestleMania. It's not Survivor Series. It's not SummerSlam. Uh, you know, it's it's not a, a Super SmackDown show. It is a house show in Saudi Arabia. That's why I don't watch it. I know that there was some some moving and a shaking that took place there, but that's why I've got Taylor coming on the program to talk to me about it right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And by the way, after uh, C.J. Taylor and I talk about what happened in Saudi Arabia, 
There's a little nugget I have at the end of this podcast regarding AEW that I think I need you to hear. So if you're an AEW fan, you might want to hear the end of this podcast. If you want to fast forward through our thoughts on Elimination Chamber, you can. But there's a little nugget that I just want AEW fans to consider that came from Eric Bischoff. I know, right? We'll talk about it right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And don't forget, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. You say, oh, hood, I don't need that. Oh, you need it. Oh, absolutely. For yourself, for a loved one, you need manscaped.com. I want you to use the promo code hood, my last name, H-O-O-D. Hey, Manscaped supports this show. I want you to support them. Manscaped.com. You know you need some help down there with those weeds you have around, you know, below the waist. And, of course, those terrible nose hairs and, man, that armpit hair, you need some help with that. And you want to smell good and you want to look good, check it out. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD and get 20% off. And here he is, our Saudi Arabia correspondent, (laughs) C.J. Taylor. And don't forget, as we have our conversation, go to the C tjreport.net bookmark that for all of your pop culture needs including the wwe elimination chamber blog and uh, cj joins us here on tuesday wrestling tuesday i appreciate you man thanks for coming on the show uh thanks for having me uh well so um you nailed it like you knew i wouldn't watch that shit i i never watched the elimination chamber because you know you know, Taylor, that I consider this a house show for Saudi Arabia. That's exactly what it is, right? I know it's a like it's a premium event or however that they phrase it now, but I'm not watching that because when I do the research and realize that you spent a little bit over four hours watching a show in which you only had an hour of real wrestling time, actual bell to bell wrestling time, that's a waste of a Saturday. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, it was something that uh, I had low expectations going into, and it just about met those uh, expectations. And like you said, it, it is a house show. Uh, the Saudis have, have paid a, a, a great ton of blood money to go ahead and and see uh, their favorite uh, or uh, legends or whatever the hell they want to see. But I mean, in terms of an actual wrestling show. Uh, you knew you weren't going to get much out of that. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much what that was. Man, I, I, I'm trying to think of the American equivalent of this, and maybe you're you're smarter than me when it comes to this stuff. Like, the Saudi prince is booking the show, pretty much, right? The Saudi yes. prince is probably must be in booking saying, I want a title change, and I want a legend. And, I, you know, th- this is what brought Shawn Michaels out of retirement, right? Shawn was done, done. And he's like, no, nah, yeah. we want Sean back, or we want The Undertaker, and I want Goldberg. The Saudi prince is booking the show because of the m- amount of money that they are giving the WWE to come over there. I don't know what the American equivalent of that is, of someone that, with that kind of power to say, no, Vince, this is what I want for a show in America. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be kind of hard over here. That that would be the, the equivalent of, like... I, I don't know. Uh, like Joe from Joe from Scranton in the White House? Yeah. Is it, would, yeah. Would, it, would it be Joe Biden saying, hey, Vince, you know me. Hey, I'm Joe from Scranton. I, I really like for you to bring back mankind. Like, like that's not happening, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be like if, if uh, 
if Elon Musk was a huge WWE fan and he just wanted to have like a a, a premium live event, you know, on his estate or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I want Stone Cold and all these guys to, you know, come over. That's what that was over there in Saudi Arabia. It was, it was, it was, it was, as the kids say, mid, like really, really mid. Yes. Well, okay. So... I just need your help because, uh, as as my audience knows, I don't watch the Elimination Chamber. I read what you had to say um, on your blog, and I'm seeing what's happening on social media. So I'll just start here with Roman Reigns against Goldberg. Now, listen, Roman Reigns has to look small, uh, has to look strong going into WrestleMania, and so he takes on Goldberg. I'm reading like this match wasn't even ten minutes. Is that right? It it may have been ten minutes total, mm-hmm. and. Watching that, it just looked like you were watching something in super slow-mo. I mean, because that is exactly how they were moving. Because, hell, the last time Goldberg was in Saudi Arabia, he concussed himself, you know, against the <laughs> against the Undertaker and damn near broke the Undertaker's neck. But uh, they had to put that match in slow motion because clearly it looked like Goldberg was just not up to it. Uh, it, it just... It looked slow. Roman looked off. Uh, he really had to work at a super slow pace uh, to try to make this match look even halfway decent. You know, Goldberg got his couple of spears in, uh, you know, that did his whole thing. But um, uh, the one interesting thing I will say about that match is that Goldberg um, tapped out or basically passed out to Roman's guillotine, which I believe was the first time ever that Goldberg submitted uh, to lose a match, so there's your there's your thing to make you know Roman once again look super strong. Oh, he got Goldberg to pass out. Who can stop him now? This would have been so much of a bigger match if this is 1999. When you have matches like this, CJ, it's like um, it's like it's devolved into some UFC cards, right? Like, like yeah. I'm, I'm not the biggest UFC fan, but I, I, I know a mega car when I see it. I know a main event when I see it, so I'm watching. But there are some times where these these fighters come around the UFC uh, once too often, and when you see them on the top of the card or, like, toward the top of the card, it's like, well, that's not going to be a good match because that fighter has been losing a lot. He's just there for name value. And the same thing with Goldberg, right? I Like, like there, when he came down the ramp, was it like three weeks ago to set this thing up? I'm like, what? Really? Like, like what? He has no more cachet. Nothing. He, it's done now. It's 2022. What are you expecting from Goldberg that's any different than what you've seen? It's, it's actually gotten worse with each appearance, has it not? Oh, yeah, it's definitely gotten worse. I mean, outside of the uh, the the initial Goldberg chant and him doing the whole grunt and the, the you know, pyrotechnics, you know, on him, you know, as he first comes out, to, you know, to the stage. After that, that's it. Okay, well, then you've got Bianca Belair defeating Alexa Bliss, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Piper Niven. Uh, <laughs> you're not called a dewdrop. That's so Absolutely dope. Absolutely not. That's so dope. <laughs> I, I fucking refused to call her dewdrop. <laughs> That's so dope. I forgot you did. You're not doing that. I forgot. That. Okay, so dewdrop, and I I read it like, oh yeah, her name is Piper Niven. Like, and I'm like, wait, wait, that's not her name now. <laughs> uh, and Nikki Cross to win the women's elimination chamber and a match at the Raw's women's title at WrestleMania. So. I'm happy for Bianca Belair because 
she tries to avenge something that she should have never lost or she should have been able to get back. Now, I understand that, you know, Vince McMahon only pushes, you know, six wrestlers and one of them is Becky Lynch. But the way... The way that Belair lost at SummerSlam, how she lost in less than a minute to Becky, that's not right. I mean, look, there's wins and losses. I get that, right? But, I mean, in a fair, you know, entertaining match, tell the story of uh, Becky Lynch coming out of nowhere, challenges uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca is totally off guard. And you give me a good 10, 12-minute match, and then Becky wins. But no, they pulled the rug out from Belair, and she waited all this time to finally get into the Raw Women's title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, um, I, I was reading online with some fans who were uh, a little upset that, that Bianca won. And, you know, these are also the same fans that, you know, wishes that WWE would actually tell a, a long-form story. Which they're doing with Bel Air is just again, like you said, the way that she lost the title at SummerSlam was complete bullshit, and everyone knows this. Um, but you have to complete the story. Bianca has to get her, you know, revenge on on Becky, and what better stage to do that on than uh, than WrestleMania? So I I didn't have a problem with with uh, Bianca winning the match. Um, it was cool to see Alexa back out, although she's still holding on to this dumbass gimmick. Um, yeah, unbelievable. That, that, that she's got it, trying to put some wrinkle in, into that uh, gimmick. Um, Rhea Ripley, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, and I just hate the fact that they continue to misuse her that way. Although there was a cool moment uh, where Bianca and, and Rhea kind of, you know, faced off, and that's kind of your feud of the future going forward. You got to find a way to, to, to get Rhea back into. Uh, some form of, of title contention, or you know, get her in the picture somehow, where she's just not this this afterthought. Well, you know, keep in mind, Rhea Ripley's not a Vince project. That's a Triple H. This is true. Just just keep that in mind. Now, I like Rhea Ripley is the next ten years of WWE as far as the women's division. There's no doubt. I mean, look at her. Right, she's so dope. She's she looks like a superhero, just like Bianca Belair. And her yeah. matchup against Charlotte was the best matchup at WrestleMania. Was it a couple of years ago? Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yes, well. So, so just uh, just understand how the business works. It's just so ridiculous, right? Rhea Ripley is it, she's wonderful, and I think that her power, her size, is something that uh, you don't see a ton of in wrestling on the women's side. So, Rhea Ripley should be in contention. But again, she's that's not a Vince. Uh, that's not a Vince wrestler. That's Triple H. Because I saw Rhea Ripley at NXT UK, and I thought, "Whoa, that's a interesting look." I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. quite like that before. She comes to the main roster, and they buried her, and they put her in, in nonsensical situations. And so, it's typical WWE. Not a surprise. Yeah, um, it, you 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 gotta find a way to to showcase her. And and again, it's not to take anything away from Becky. We know she's the star. She's the guy, the, the girl that Vince is going to, you know, push. But if you're going to have viable contenders for Becky and for Charlotte, who are obviously the two women that Vince is going to push the most, you've got to get other contenders in there because at some point, everybody's going to get tired of the four horsewomen just kind of trading titles back and forth amongst one another. And you've got to, you know, between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair and Couple other ladies, you've got some ladies in there that can that can go in the ring. They they've got the the potential for real star power. 
they've got you know fan support you know behind them. But you, you got to expand that uh, to include a few more wrestlers. Uh, just a side note regarding the women's division, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. So what's up with Sasha Banks? There's a new column for you. Like, seriously, what's up with her, right? It, what I mean is, is that she's silky smooth like Ricky Steamboat, right? When she's out there, it's flawless. It's like she would, <laughs> in some ways, if she was a man, she would not get over she would just be a good hand, as they say in the business, right? It's like Dolph Ziggler, right? right? Dolph Ziggler yeah. should have been ten time in you know WWE champion. That guy should have had classic matches, cage matches, Iron Man matches. He should have been doing all that stuff. But like, oh no, he's too much like Sean, and he he has no flaws in his game. So fuck him, and and that's wrong, yeah. right? So, but what's up with her, man? Like, like is she seriously? In the title con- contention, is she going to be on a on the pay per view beat on a regular basis, or is she kept special? It's weird when she's in and out of cards. Yeah, I, I think she, I think she's kind of getting that that special treatment uh, because she's she has such a presence. Yes, uh, she's so damn good inside the ring, um, the, the the character, just everything. It's almost like you you don't necessarily have to have her in the title picture, but every time she comes on, it's it's a thing. You know, Sasha's on TV. Okay, I'm watching. And she doesn't necessarily have, the, have to have the Raw or SmackDown women's title. But I would think if you're Vince and you have someone like her, wouldn't you want to have her on as much as you can without, you know, the whole overexposure thing, because she is it. Like she, she's got everything you need in, in terms of, of superstardom. And, and hey, maybe because she's been on Star Wars and, you know, she's, she's, you know, branched out and done some other things and, you know, make, you know, how that kind of gets under Vince's craw. Oh, yeah. You know, how, how dare someone, you know, develop their name outside of, you know, WWE and, and, and become a star in the process. So, that, yeah, that that just that that that's a head scratcher for me. That somebody that uh, that good inside and outside of the ring can just you know pop up every three or four months. It's weird. Like, how are you kept special when we haven't even seen the best of you yet? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, oh no, it makes perfect sense. I uh, I mean, we like you said. I don't, I don't think Sasha right now is 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 really close to like her, her peak, you know, in terms of what she can really do uh, and the type of matches that she can put on in the ring. And this is, this is after, you know, uh, her show stealing performance at WrestleMania 32, when honestly she should have won that match or uh, the five-star classic, you know, that she had with Bailey back in NXT. I mean, she's put on classics and I, I still don't think we've seen the best of, of, of Sasha. And her, Probably not even close. And her Twitter is weird. Why did she keep? <laughs> why does she keep saying that she loves Vince McMahon? Is this a work? Like, what is she doing there with that? You've seen this, right? Is it just yeah, me? I've okay. Seen, yeah, I've seen it. It's 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 been on Twitter. It's been on on IG. And yeah, it's, it's it's just weird. I don't know. She Sasha posts some like really quirky things, you know, from time to time on on her social media, and just kind of you know makes you you scratch your head. But you know, it's also kind of adding to the, the the aura of her character. Uh, it's almost 
kind of her thumb in her nose up at, at Vince saying, yeah, I love you, Vince, but I don't really need you. Yeah. You, you need you need me. You know, when everyone was talking about after um, she she left on, was that WrestleMania 36 when her and Bailey lost the, the tag titles and, you know, she went on hiatus for a while and uh, she was just posting all these things on Instagram and, you know, it was kind of her kind of giving the middle finger saying, yeah, y'all, y'all need me. I don't necessarily need this, but mm. I love it. That's why I do it. Hmm. It just, I, 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 for once I responded to her and she, cause our latest one was like, Vinny, you know, I love you all that. Right. And I was like, and I yeah. know that Vince doesn't like that. He does not like to be yeah. called Vinny because when he was just the announcer and his old, and his father was running the company, you had the old heads like Freddie Blassie and like Lou Albano and the Grand Wizard and all these dudes would call him Vinny. Like, ah, Vinny, Vinny, there's Vinny. Like, and he hated that shit for whatever reason. And so my message to, to Sasha was, don't call him Vinny. Call him Junior and then see what happens. If you think he hates, if you think he hates Vinny, he hates Junior even worse, right? He he hates being called Junior because he thinks that's less than, right? It's weird. It's, he's very strange that way, but he used to be called Junior, like Vinny Junior, Vinny Junior. He would, he hated that because he always thought he was on par with his dad when his dad was living, Vince Senior, yeah. and so he hated being called Junior. So I told Sasha, call him Junior, see what happens. <laughs> She'll do it too. <laughs> hey Junior, I love you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, Ronda Rousey and Naomi defeat uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Okay, so Naomi had to eat shit for a while here in this whole thing with Sonya Deville. Now it became a, a tag team matchup with Ronda Rousey. I understand Rousey's been doing some house shows and she gets sharp for uh, WrestleMania. And so yeah. with Naomi, the only thing I've been reading out of this is... Man, they only look great, and they only need deserves more. So that's what I got out of that match, apparently. Yeah, uh, Naomi was uh, pretty much the glue that kind of held that that match together. Because um, Charlotte uh, normally, you know, carries matches and uh, makes other wrestlers look good. Almost kind of looked like she was, you know, half interested in in doing this thing. Um, you know, Naomi was the clear star of that match. Um, I, I thought it sucked that she didn't get the pin mm-hmm. on, on Sonya Deville. I mean, I, I get trying to, you know, keep Ronda Rousey strong. But again, she's fucking Ronda Rousey. She doesn't need that pin uh, going into that match with Charlotte Flair. <laughs> you said she You said she don't need that pin. <laughs> she don't need that pin. <laughs> Wait a like, minute. Was that was, was that pin gonna be like? Oh wow, Ronda really has a chance now against the Queen. No, fuck out of here with that. <laughs> you said that Rousey don't need that pin. Wait a minute, they gotta make Rousey look strong, pal, for for WrestleMania. You know that. Yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, but um, I, Naomi's been really working hard uh, over the last, I would say, year, year and a half. And she's really put in her, really her best work uh, of her career um, with this stretch that she had. She had a real, uh, really good match with Charlotte a couple of weeks ago for the SmackDown title. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that the crowd got behind her, the the pops that she's getting, you know, when her music comes on, 
you know, again, she's another one of these women, you know, in the women's division that you need to figure out a way to keep her in the in the title hunt somehow. Uh, be, because she's clearly got the support of fans. You know, she's she's putting in the work. Um, she's gotten better and better as a wrestler. So, you know, take advantage of that uh, because you, you're going to need new faces at some point. Um, so we move on here to Drew McIntyre against Riddick Moss, uh, Madcap Moss, and a Falls Count Anywhere match. Okay, all I kept seeing on Twitter was Moss taking this awesome bump, right, right on top of his head. What happened there? Why did that happen to Moss? Yes, I, I think um, Drew was trying to um, uh, do a power bomb, and I, I, I think, you know, Riddick just uh, overextended himself and just landed, like, right on his head. I thought for sure his neck was broken. Uh, but to his credit, he kept going in the match, and um, uh, it was a physical match. It was, it was, you know, your typical match that you would see on Raw. Um, I did find it funny that the crowd popped, you know, when Drew McIntyre went ahead and did the attempted murder route. Uh, oh, by, well, by, nearly, by nearly decapitating Baron Corbin with a sword. Well, you know, but that's, hey. that's, that's right up there, alley. That that he's <laughs> he's he's right there with the audience with that one. Uh, um, <laughs> Drew's a, Drew is another one of these uh, yeah. wrestlers um, that you know is stuck in this uh, Mick Cart purgatory. When again, he should be another one of these guys um, that needs to be around. Uh, the title picture. He carried that company um, through the the the, the lion's share of, of the pandemic era, and uh, hate to see him, you know, having to deal with you know Mad Cat Moss and and, and Baron Corbin um, and, and just some feud that he'll get through with in a couple of weeks. Maybe they'll have a match. I think the rumored match is him and um, him and Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. That's gonna fucking suck uh, no, nobody wants to see that dude no. I, I saw this at smackdown how when was smackdown here like a, a month and a half ago two months ago i mean this is a, a feud that just won't end um like i understand mad cat moss is a hell of an athlete i've heard that and i've seen like you could see it right he just has yeah. it just it's just that the creative is terrible but he has something there but he's just in a Again, one of these Bruce Pritchard type creatives that just doesn't work. I mean, I could see a bright future for him if he's doing something else, but it's like he's got to be in this gimmick because he's got to show personality, I guess, from their standpoint. But I mean, this has to end because it's two on one and it just it's doesn't make sense. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's not special. No, no, there's there's nothing special about it. Um, I've been saying for for a good couple of years now, they've been wasting Baron Corbin um, as as a heel. Uh, he, he is your he's a typical heel. He's a heel's heel, mm-hmm. and for him to be going through these these wacky characters that he's been doing of late, it's just like let let this dude be who who he is. You know, I I miss Lone Wolf Baron Corbin because mm-hmm. he was a guy that was he was a guy that was a heel, but he was simply for self. Uh, he, he didn't care if you were a heel or a face. If you were in his way, he was he was coming for you. That you know, those are the type of characters that that I connected with. So this this happy happy you know Corbin and all this it's 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 for the birds. Yeah, I just I don't get it either. Um, so 
as we move forward here on this, we get Becky Lynch against Lita. Uh, and from your standpoint, this is the best that uh, the Elimination Chamber had to offer when you have Lita, who has not wrestled in a solo match in 17 years. She was in a tag team match, so she hasn't actually wrestled in 17 years. And so there she is against Becky Lynch. How would you think Lita fared? You know, they gave that match somewhere between, I don't know, 12 to 15 minutes, and Lita Lita looked good. She looked like, you know, she belonged in the ring. She uh, she she pressed uh, Becky Lynch. You know, they, they, they had some good chemistry, you know, going there. And, you know, if you're a fan of Lita, you're like, she, she, might, she might have one more run at her. You know, if you keep her within that 15-minute, you know, time frame to be able to tell a story... Um, yeah, Lita definitely could have uh, another crack at it, another run. Um, but it was clearly the, the best match of, of the night between the two. They told a, a solid story. Uh, Lita played the, the underdog, you know, that wouldn't give up, you know, that, that type of thing. And um, for a, a, a card that was just really basic, uh, I, I thought Lita and, and Becky Lynch uh, had, the, had the moment of the night. So one more run for Lita? Is that it? I'd, I'd give her one more run. Uh, maybe a possible match with Bianca Belair, you know, do a little feud during the summer uh, to try to see if she has, you know, one more run in her before you maybe set up an ultimate feud with uh, with Rhea Ripley. I don't know. I'd, I'd be for that. I'd, I'd go for that. How is it that Lita doesn't age? Or is that just my TV? Uh, no, it's, it's not your TV. Uh, she she really has an age. She looks great. Um, she um, she still has everything uh, that that she had from you know her last solo match sixteen seventeen years ago. Uh, she's just you know she's just phenomenal. And I, I think I said in the blog, you know, give her all the flowers she deserves. You know, she's been a trailblazer for women's wrestling, and um, yeah, it it would be awesome. She she had one more run. How would you like to travel all the way to Saudi Arabia? Yes, the check is always robust. That's always cool. But how would you like to travel all the way to Saudi Arabia not to actually have a match if you're the Usos and the Viking Raiders? What was the point of that? That's a nice little Raw or SmackDown deal you could have, but why travel all the way over there to have nothing? If I was the four of them, I'd I'd be super pissed off that you flew me 15 hours over to Saudi Arabia for that. Uh, I actually looked away from my TV when I saw the, the Viking Raiders coming. I was like, oh, they're about to do the tag team match. And then, like, literally less than two minutes later, it's like, well, there's not going to be a match because the Usos came out and hit a couple of punches on uh, <laughs> on the Viking Raiders, and now there's not going to be a match. Really? That's, that's, that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> I just, I mean... <laughs> And, and you know that's all a timing issue, right? That's a whole thing where... And I don't know how that is. CJ, how is it that you've been doing this for like... I don't know. Like, if you're Vince, you've been doing it forever, right? But someone's got to time the event. The only reason why you got no match between the Viking Raiders and the Usos is because of a timing issue. Like, I, I understand if you if this is your first time or your first year doing it. I mean, even Tony Khan had a hard time trying to figure out the timing of everything and to give matches time. But that's the whole thing. Like, apparently, the, the pay-per-view time ran out. and But then the head-scratcher is, if you're on Peacock, don't you have all the time in the world? I mean, it's four hours. You couldn't get that match in? I, I would think you would get that match in. It also would have helped if you didn't run so many damn vignettes 
during uh, during that pay per view. I mean, do we need to see a vignette for every single? Every, if you're watching, uh, like some most people are, are watching Raw and SmackDown, you know about the feuds. I don't need a four minute vignette explaining how we got here, <laughs> because anybody who's who was dumb enough like me to actually watch the Saudi Arabia <laughs> event knew what was going on. No casual fan is going to turn on Peacock to to watch uh, the Elimination Chamber. You could have saved, you could have gave the the Usos and and the Viking Raiders a good ten minutes if you had just cut down on the vignettes. Like you just you just did the uh, the the one for the Undertaker, I believe. For um, now, that was almost a five minute vignette. Do we really need that? That's a great point. That's a great point because if you know you have a timing issue, you can cut some of that stuff out, right? You don't have to have it just because it's produced. And by the way, don't you have a lengthy pregame show to show why these matches are taking place? You don't need it twice. Am I right about that? Yeah. Or are you absolutely right about that? Yeah. Uh, all those vignettes could have been shown during the, the the pregame and like I said, now you got a, a good 10, 12 minutes to give the Usos and, and the Raiders and and give them the actual match. By the way, uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, after the Elimination Chambers, uh, emanating from the University of South Carolina. And that's how they bill- they're billing it because, God forbid, they say they're in Columbia, South Carolina. Because apparently yeah. nobody knows what that is. I hate that so much. I, it's, I it's, hate that. <laughs> it's really just... It's just like, we, we know where it is. So yes. just say you're from Columbia. Like, is, is that such a bad thing? Oh, yeah, God. that... That just drives me up a wall. But it's typical WWE because, you know, America doesn't know where Columbia, South Carolina is. So we'll just say we're from the college. Uh, you know, it's like, it's just it's just the ignorance. And so we get to the main event. Brock Lesnar defeating Austin Theory, Matt Riddle, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley to win the Men's Elimination Chamber and the WWE Championship. Now, let's talk about how disingenuous the WWE is. Uh, and, and we could go all night on this, but for this reason, they're disingenuous. You have an event like the Elimination Chamber, and it's Bobby Lashley going in as a WWE champion. Before the event takes place, CJ, we understand that Bobby Lashley has a concussion and probably shouldn't have been in the match. But in the match, it was posed as, oh, well, you know, Bobby suffered a concussion in the match. So that's why he had to be taken out. And that's why, even though Lashley was not pinned, Lesnar becomes a champion. Lashley was injured going into the chamber. And so it's irresponsible to bring to Jeddah, to bring to Saudi Arabia, someone that has a concussion. Fly him in, have him be part of this you know, this event and then take him out and then make Lesnar the champion. So you have champion versus champion. What, what a, just a, a long way for a drink of water to have this happen, right? You, you could have done this without undercutting Bobby Lashley. I just, you know, I just, I don't understand why all this had to happen to undercut Lashley and to put the belt on Lesnar. Anyway, you could have done this months ago. I'll, I'll go one step further. Um, you could have done all this without undercutting Bobby Lashley and Big E. That's correct. Uh, because you, after after day one, when when Lesnar won the belt and again undercut Big E, you've got your champion versus champion. But because Vince is thinking, oh shit, 
Um, I've got to do something at the Royal Rumble to make it look like, you know, there's going to be two, you know, title matches. Uh, we'll, we'll put Lesnar against Lashley for, you know, the Royal Rumble because it's a dream match that people want to see anyway. Well, Lashley legit gets hurt during that match. So you knew that Monday after the, uh, the Royal Rumble that Lashley couldn't go. Yes. He, yes, he was, he was hurt before the Elimination Chamber. That's, that's the point. No, he was not hurt in the chamber. I understand that he had issues going into the chamber, and that's why they yeah. did that finish the way they did. And, you know, again, that, like you said, that's disingenuous to, to the fans that, that actually, again, tuned in because they thought they were going to see, you know, Brock Lesnar and Lashley go, you know, face-to-face and more than likely be the final two contestants in the Elimination Chamber, and then Rollins does this, you know, buckle bomb, and poor Austin Theory just got his ass whooped all night long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sends him through the plexiglass, and you know, somehow, you know, uh, Bobby Lashley is concussed. Uh, it, it makes Lashley look. It look. It made Lashley look weak in this sense that here's Bobby Lashley. This this you know this dude is as tough as they come. You're you're not gonna find a a, a tougher you know, God and Bobby Lashley, but all of a sudden, you know, plexiglass falls on him. He, he slightly bumps his head and wait a minute, he's, he's got a concussion. Yes. Right. That, that's how, that's how we're going to write, you know, the WWE champion out. Yes. So, 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 so for those that don't know, this is comes from Dave Meltzer from the wrestling observer. Um, this also from a couple of publications, WWE knew that Lashley had an injury for weeks leading up to the show. Um, Lashley suffered a shoulder injury during his match with Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. The Almighty took several suplexes in which he appeared to turn and land on his shoulder against Lesnar. Uh, and so I remember seeing that myself. Uh, despite the WWE reportedly having knowledge of Lashley being able to unable to compete, he still traveled to Saudi Arabia and made his entrance for the match. And of course, you know, as you mentioned, so, you know, Lashley was taken out of the chamber when Seth Rollins threw Austin Theory into the, his pod with a buckle bomb, and that was the end. But uh, the WWE storyline uh, was about Lashley and the concussion protocol thing, but Lashley already was was hurt, um, leading and still traveled anyway to lose the championship, even though he was not pinned. So that that's my point that he was hurt in that particular matchup, and so. He lost the title, and it's just like, it's so disingenuous. Dude, he can't compete. The title's up for grabs, even though Lashley won't be there. Let's go. And, I, and maybe it's obvious to everyone, okay, if, if Lashley's not there, Lesnar wins the championship, but at least it's honest. At least it's yeah. honest, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's, it's honest. And uh, once Lesnar was added to the Elimination Chamber, you knew he was winning that match anyway. Yes. Uh, which... You know, brought me to my my real big sticking point of of this whole thing is what the hell was the point of Biggie dropping the title at day one for Lesnar to win to drop it? You know, four weeks later, for, only for him to get it back. You know, three weeks after that, we're playing hot potato now with what's supposedly the company's top title. That's that's what we're doing. Well, I think what they're doing, CJ, is that they um, that they wanted that Brock Lesnar to complete the Grand Slam of defeating black champions. I think that's what that was. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. 
I mean, uh, how, how, how many yeah. how many black champions? I mean, if Bianca wins, yeah. is 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 Brock going to beat Bianca too? Or yeah, he's he's going to be a, a late entrant <laughs> after he after he pins <laughs> after he pins uh, after she pins uh, Becky. Uh, <laughs> Sonya Deville is going to come out and, and say, "There's been a late addition to this match." Yes. Here comes Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Give Brock her an F five yeah. and walk off. You know, you know, it like you know pulls a braid out, and then I'll be the end of that. You know, like, like yeah. this. So that way he'll beat them all, right? I mean, yeah, Kofi, Biggie, maybe Roman here pretty soon. Here, beat Bobby Lashley. I mean, it, it is amazing. I mean, he just, he's running roughshod over African-American wrestlers in the WWE. And someone's listening to that. It's like, oh, that's not funny. Why are you saying it? Because I are saying it because it's true. And it's just yeah. amazing how that's happening. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's funny as hell to me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it just kind of gets back to the point that you and I have talked about and that you've talked about on, on the podcast so many times. Uh, Vince can't continually keep going back to the well and propping up Brock and propping up Roman. Yes, they're interesting characters, but you you have a, a loaded roster, even with all the cuts that he's made over the uh, the last you know two years. You, you've got to be able to push other wrestlers because what what happens now at WrestleMania? Okay, whoever wins. Is, is now completely unstoppable because you spent the last two years now basically making everybody that's faced either Roman or Brock look completely weak or stupid or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you is. Know, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so it's like, what do you do now if you're AJ Styles or you're Seth Rollins? Hell, they push Big E right back into Mick Card Purgatory in the tag team division, a non-existent tag team division, by the way. Uh so, so who, who's going to be next to challenge Roman? Um, probably Drew. But what happens once Roman beats Drew? Who, who's left after that? You going to run that back with Brock again? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, because it's the circle jerk of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, um, and Goldberg. What am I? What am I missing here? As far as those that are protected in this company, who am I missing? Uh, not, not much. I, I think uh, uh, I would say Randy Orton, but he's having too much fun uh, doing the whole riddle thing. Uh, but you know, he's he's protected to a degree. But maybe, maybe Seth Rollins, maybe. Yeah, Seth Rollins, yeah. So I can add Seth Rollins to that. Rollins, Orton, Roman, Lesnar, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, Goldberg, and Becky Lynch. And then everybody else is up for the mid-card or below that. And that's the and that's the WWE. Now listen, the, the, the old philosophy is you find your great eight, right? You find your best eight wrestlers, put them on a roster, and then the, everyone else goes after your, your best eight wrestlers. That's an old school philosophy from back in the day when you had smaller rosters. But when, when you have a huge roster like the WWE and then like somehow Kevin Owens, even though Vince likes Kevin Owens, he's kind of on the outside in. He's like second tier. Like everyone can't be top tier. I get that. But when you start, you know, not giving some of your second tier and your third tier opportunities to move up in the company. And then you get these mega events. It's like 
hmm, these guys have been busting their ass in the road and been away from their families for a long time. Let's not put them in the title picture or meaningful matches. Let's just bring back the legends. It just, yeah. you, know, I, you know what I did? I, I talked to... Um, I talked to Andrew Thompson, good young brother from post postwrestling.com. That was our last episode, right? And and he's out of out of Toronto and does postwrestling.com and I asked him the question. I said, "You know, if the WWE is still a thing in say 20 years, in 20 years when we're doing this. Like who who are the legends that that you know that they will be bringing back then, right? You can't roll out a Goldberg in twenty years, right? As a legend, <laughs> right? Because whatever whatever legends that you have here now in twenty years, um, those guys will be. It'll be like, oh, it's Kevin Owens coming back, and he's in his you know sixties, and it's gonna be like, oh yeah, that guy was in the mid card. Hey, it's Dolph Ziggler. He still looks good. Yeah, he wasn't much. He was in the mid card. You know, like like who? I mean, you can bring back these guys from the '90s all you want, but like in fifteen or twenty years, who are the legends? And maybe to Vince, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it does matter to him, and really, like probably outside of of Roman, and and again, maybe Seth um, on the women's side, probably Charlotte and Becky, uh, and Sasha if she hasn't completely gone Hollywood by then. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's not. There's, there's not a lot there when you're talking about, you know, bringing back uh, legends, you know, 10, 15, you know, 20 years. Um, but again, he has put this company in this position uh, because, again, unless he has created uh, these wrestlers, he doesn't care. He kind of created Roman. So that's his that's his baby. That's his jewel. Yep. You know, uh, uh, kind of created Charlotte. You know, that's his baby. That's his jewel. Mm-hmm. Becky, he had no choice but to take because she actually uh, became a rock star despite <laughs> what Vince was trying to do uh, with her. So now he has no choice but to take her in uh, because she's such a star. And then there's, like I said, there's Sasha and, and there's 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 Seth. And that's that's probably it. Yeah, and then everybody else is playing for second and third place. Yeah, like, like, so you can't tell me like in five years that Montel Ford should not be competing for a championship. Nah, he's I'll, he's just good as a tag team wrestler, pal. Watch. I I do not understand how you can how you can watch his match, singles matches or tag team matches. How you cannot watch his match and be like. Oh no, no, we we good. We just don't keep him in the tag team because you know they they move merch and you know they're exciting and everybody has the red cup and you know we want the smoke and no Montez Ford is a star and if you can't see that there's something wrong with you. That's well, listen, that wasn't Vince's creation. This is true. That was Triple H's that, creation. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's just like, yeah. I, I just don't understand how he's doing this to his own son-in-law, like. Like, how much of a bastard do you have to be to just destroy everything that your own son-in-law came up with? Yeah, I mean, well, there you have it, right? I mean, and, and I feel I've Triple H did his best, but the problem was, CJ, is that he kept getting his ass whooped by AEW. That's the problem. If he, if he was a winner, let me tell you this. If NXT was beating AEW, Triple H would still have his job. Yeah. 
Because yeah, you're they, absolutely right. Yeah, because they wouldn't turn it over to like a 2.0. They'd be like, he'd say, you know what, Triple H, look at these numbers. And look at this. Now, never mind about like on these mega events that you're selling out the same building of the actual WWE event. Never mind about the buzz on the internet about NXT and how it was more professional wrestling than sports entertainment, right? The Triple H is, I love what Triple H did because he gave me what I grew up with and that's territory wrestling except for with a lot more money, right? Because of the glitz and the camera work and the production piece. But the, the whole thing is like Triple H did a good job. AEW just came in and just beat them and 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 so the punishment is we're taking the your brand away from you because you couldn't get the job done you went head to head with them and you lost 95 percent of the time so long we're doing it our way now so yeah and um that that nxt 2.0 thing um (sighs) yep that that is that is a tough tough watch which is why I don't watch most weeks. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. As a correspondent, man, as our Saudi Arabia correspondent, <laughs> you need to give me blogs on that, man. So I cuz I'm not watching that. I that, yeah, if, if people listen to my podcast every week, you notice I don't say I don't say anything about NXT. And there's a reason cuz um I see what's happening on social with some of them, but I just know that the reports and what people are saying is it's kind of like, you know, maybe 60 or 70 percent of that roster that's learning on the fly. I don't have time for minor league wrestling. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that like I said, that is a hard watch. Um, if, if you're going to sit there and devote uh, two hours of your time uh, just so you can watch uh, Mandy Rose and and Toxic Attraction, you know, twerk in the middle of the ring. That, I don't. I don't have time for that. Um, I, I, I just don't. It, it's it, NXT used to mean something to people like you and me, and I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah. Um, but um, I'll I'll uh, read reports on on um, on Twitter or, or elsewhere uh, to just kind of stay caught up. Look, you- I, I don't. Yeah, I don't have time to watch that. Taylor, you got family. You have got uh, you got work to do. You just don't have time every to break this stuff down to break down an inferior product. I mean, let's say God bless the women and men trying to you know make their bones in the WWE system. I got no nothing against them. It's just that I can't I can't watch it when it, when I know when they get to the main roster they're gonna get squashed. Right? I just know it. Uh, yeah. Except besides Braun Breaker, and even that's a um, um, a question mark, right? Like Braun apparently is tearing up in NXT, which is cool, but he gets in the main roster. What is he? So yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I've seen way, like you said, way too many NXT stars come up and just get completely uh, just buried uh, once they hit the main roster. And and these were legitimate like wrestlers legitimate wrestlers that could be stars on, on the main roster. And for whatever reason, Vince was like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm just going to bury these guys. Cause we need more Roman. We need more Brock. Uh, and by the way, don't feel bad or anyone else feel bad about NXT. The average viewer that watches NXT is 60. Yeah, because they got to get their Electric Lopez views uh, uh, in, <laughs> <laughs> and I I ain't mad at him on that. A little a little lash. Uh, not what, at all. 
What's her name? What's her name? Lash something? Lash? Yeah. Lash uh, uh, something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. Hey, listen. I'm here for it. Uh, but I, I don't really have that much you know, time to devote uh, to that. I, I can catch clips on YouTube. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, that that's what I'm looking at. Just like YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. Lash Legend. That's her name. Lash oh, Legend. Okay. Which, which is also a beauty salon uh, on the south side of Chicago. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell people about the CTJ report. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I did the review of uh, uh, the Elimination Chamber. Uh, definitely will have some more wrestling content for you. Uh, maybe some uh, good music reviews if you know there's some good music to, to be had and shared with the masses. Uh, still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Kanye, but again, I don't have time with that either. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend was, uh, that was a something. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've caught, uh, uh, there's a picture circulating of uh, Michael Jordan uh, standing next to uh, Mary J. Blige and Vanessa Bryant. Uh, all I'll ask is uh, that you take a look at Mike's hand placement. Yes, I did. I did, <laughs> I, I did see say I did see that. Um, Still a savage. So. Yeah, what what a handful on Mary, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, you know, that's uh, I. I don't know who liked that more, Monet Tahada or Mary J. Blige. I don't know which one liked that the most. Uh, um, it's, it's kind of a toss up on that one. <laughs> so, so, Monet Tahada, the uh, the character on Power, uh, the television yeah. show. So, uh, all right. Well, again, again, because, and this is why uh, C.J. Taylor is doing God's work uh, by watching the Elimination Chamber. So I would not have to uh, check out more of his musings at the ctjreport.net. My friend, as always, I love when you're on the show. Thanks for your perspective. Thank you again for having me on. Great to catch up with C.J. Taylor from the CTJ Report. You can find him at thectjreport.net. Catch his blogs and everything pop culture and everything pro wrestling right there on his blog. And finally, as I mentioned in the open, I want to tell you about something that Eric Bischoff said, but I'd like to remind you to follow the show on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. We're starting to grow in a big way. Shout out to Pat, the designer that's taking care of my YouTube. Does a great job with that. Again, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and also on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. And that's where you can find my merchandise, right? Love for you to be able to get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a mug, a tumbler, get yourself a uh, sweatshirt or a hoodie, something for your lady, something for your um, for your partner. Doesn't matter. Check it out. Tuesday Rusting Tuesday merchandise, Under the Hood Show merchandise, all available uh, in my link tree, in my bio, on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, Eric Bischoff. So you say, well, Hood, why? Why do you talk about Eric Bischoff? Don't you pan Eric Bischoff on this podcast? Well, I do. And my issue with Eric Bischoff is not that his success in WCW, I mean, that was great. It was was groundbreaking, it was revolutionary, the things that he did in WCW. I mean, he beat the WWE for 83 weeks in a row, uh, and he put Vince on the run uh, during those times in the 90s. However, my issue with Eric Bischoff is that whether it's his TNA run or his WCW run, he just doesn't put 
himself in a position where he can blame himself totally for two failures. Uh, not just WCW, but also TNA and not being able to bring the nose up uh, on that company in the Dixie Carter era. It was a problem. It was a question. It was a problem. And Bischoff always passes the buck on to someone else. But I know that Eric knows business. I, I know he knows um, television business. I know he knows the wrestling business. But I just he would just never book for me. Right, he would never be an ideas person for me, but he understands the landscape of television networks because he's been an executive producer for other projects for outside of wrestling, so he understands that part of it. He said something interesting that I heard on his podcast, Eighty Three Weeks with Eric Bischoff. So here's a scenario. My wife asked me, Peacock says, Could you take me to the doctor? And I said, Yeah, sure, I'll take you to the doctor, no problem. Um, so you don't have to pay for parking or whatever. I'll be sitting outside and I say, well, you know, while I'm waiting for her, I'll just listen to some podcasts and see if there's some sound that I can bring back to our show, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So I just turned on Eric Bischoff and they were interest- I was interested in the subject matter because they were talking about Super Brawl from two, gosh, from 1997, uh, in which it was in San Francisco, Hogan against Piper. I was just interested in the back story of that and Somehow, some way, Conrad Thompson, the co-host of the show, kind of steered into the Cody Rhodes conversation. Cody Rhodes is a free agent now. He's done with AEW, and all the reports says he's going to the WWE. Well, so Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff started talking about Cody Rhodes, and then he brought up a point. AEW fans, you need to listen to this. Because if you are a diehard AEW fan and you like the AEW the way it is, uh, it may change. Listen to what Eric Bischoff had to say. Now, Cody is still so young, and to be able to make that big of a decision and to put himself out there, because you know he's going to get criticized. You know there are going to be people that are going to want to bury him for doing it, because that's the nature of the wrestling audience, I guess, unfortunate as it is. But it's not new. It's always been that way. Um, Cody's going to take some heat, but he, he had the balls to do what he thought was best for him, and I, I don't know how you don't admire that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm in a weird spot because I'm friendly with both Tony and Cody, and I haven't really talked to either guy about this uh, because I just feel like it's none of my business, and I feel like it's their business, and I don't know uh, if it's a work and, and they're going to have some giant angle at the next pay-per-view or if he's going to show up on Monday Night Raw, and I, I just want, you know, here's what I know I want. I want AEW to be crazy successful. I think when AEW is successful, it's great for the entire wrestling industry. I know some fans probably won't get this, but if AEW is massively successful, that's the best thing possible for WWE. It's the best thing possible for the performers and the fans. So I want it to be a huge success, and I want my my real-life friend Cody to be hugely successful. And what's great about personal success is it's not always measured on a balance sheet. AEW success, by and large, is going to be based on not ratings, but and, and not even total gross revenues, but net profit. And really, that matters to one person, Tony Khan. But Does it? Well, I don't, I don't know who else. Their finances, I mean, I don't think, here's what I mean. At this point, it's all privately funded. It's not a publicly funded organization. It's not like you can go buy AEW stock. So if Tony Khan's having a good time, it's his money. Uh, 
have fun. But I think a lot of people, individuals, I mean, define success differently. I've got friends who like to go to Vegas and gamble. Actually, here in Alabama, they'll drive over to the Mississippi casinos, and they like to go play cards. Now, sometimes they come back a winner, but you know the deal with gambling. More often than not, you come back a loser. But it was the thrill of the game, and man, you had a lot of fun. It was a fun way to pass the time, and it was an investment in your fun. No different than taking you know, a vacation and, and going and staying in a fancy hotel or eating at a fancy dinner. You're going to invest in your fun. Tony Khan has made an investment in his fun and in, and, and in the process built a business that's making a lot of noise and getting a lot of attention. But Cody can define success differently. He's, you know, headlined pay-per-views. He's held world championships. He's started an organization. He's left Vince McMahon and proven that there's life for him in professional wrestling outside of WWE. He's got uh, a lovely wife and a beautiful baby and, and, a, and an amazing home. And a, and a wonderful family. So, man, he's checked the boxes in so many ways. I don't think it's necessarily fair for us to try to sort of armchair quarterback somebody else's happiness. Man, I hope Cody's thrilled. I hope Tony Khan's thrilled. But it's going to be interesting for us on the outside who aren't involved in that relationship, who don't have any money on the line or at stake. It's going to be fun to see what happens. I'm tuning in. I'm watching. I mean, and I've said this uh, to you, I think, personally a couple times, but, when, you know, when I watched wrestling, when I watched it this past Wednesday night, because Mrs. B was down in Florida with uh, Waylon James, our new grandson, um, I had the house to myself, you know, I had control of the television. So I was able to watch some on Monday Night Raw. I was able to watch most of Dynamite on Wednesday night. Um, look, I, I like you. I want AEW to succeed. I know people don't believe that or, or have this impression that, you know, I got, Tony's got some kind of heat with me or something. It's nothing's further from the truth. I really want them to be successful. Much like I still get a little bit wound up talking about TNA because of missed opportunity. Anybody that's listened to the show more than three times has heard me talk about that. You know, opportunity is such a difficult thing to come by and it's an easy thing to take for granted until you no longer have it. And I think Tony Khan, because he's he's using his family's money or his money, whatever the case may be, none of my business, don't care. There's really no difference. He has access to a massive amount of money. He's got a passion for a business that we all have passion for. And he's got a, a, a great opportunity with, with, with TBS. Um, love, love to see things a little bit different and strategic and possibly more thought through and less kind of dirt sheet booking, so to speak, and, and more, one of the things that we're talking about here, you know, building characters, building stories in a real way, not in a, again, you know, what, what qualifies as a storyline in, 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 in Dave Meltzer's dirt sheet is not what I consider a storyline, right? A, a wrestling storyline is a little different than a broader entertainment-based storyline. But not to go too well far, I, I want Tony Khan and AEW to be successful. I would do whatever I could from the outside, on the sidelines, cheering them on. And one of the reasons I watched the show Wednesday night is I was looking for things that I could put over. I wanted to put positive things out. And I did, by the way. You're welcome, Sammy Guevara. Um, so my take on AEW is more from actually wanting them to succeed than it is being bitter or dismissive of them. I really want them to succeed. But at some point, 
as a performer, as a director, as a producer, as a ring announcer. You got to make up your mind where you're most comfortable because you're not going to do your best work where you're not the most comfortable. Yeah. And Cody had the balls to, to look in the mirror and go, this isn't what's going to make me happy. I want to do something different. And he's doing it. Tony will be successful to, to, to whatever degree. Um, he'll be able to achieve with the amount of money that he has. The, 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 here's the deal. You know, people, and again, this is going to sound negative, and I don't mean it to be. It's just the reality, folks. It's life. Right now, TBS is pretty sure it's owned by Warner Media. Correct? Yep. That's going to change. Discovery is going to own TBS. And I know they had to. Discovery, by the way. I've done business with him. He may or may not have the same point of view of AEW's primetime spot on a TBS network as the current management in Warner Media does. Maybe he will, by the way. Haven't had a conversation with him. We're not close enough where I'd pick up the phone and chat. But I've done business with him. You need to be more aware of the the business environment you're in than just the dirt sheets and Twitter. Thoughts there from Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson on 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, his podcast. Now, I want to play this for you here at the end of our podcast because of this. And I just want to just drop this on you. You heard what Bischoff said, right? Bischoff says that Warner Media. Uh, will be taken over at some point by Discovery. Discovery is going to be able to own TBS and TNT. There's a merger there. And you say, well, why is that minutia even necessary? Why is that even a talking point? Why is this that Discovery will be overseeing what's happening with Warner Media? Well, let me just do a quick history lesson. So WCW was rolling for 83 weeks, rolling right over the WWF at the time. And the reason why that WCW was successful is because it was totally different than the cartoonish WWF was, right? All those cartoon characters that so many people remember. Um, and it was just completely different, right? It was more of an adult theme, kind of a serious presentation WCW had, right? They were bringing over WWF wrestlers to WCW. They built the NWO. They were able to have Goldberg. They had the Horsemen. Uh, they had the Luchadors. They, you know, Chris Jericho. There's so many different wrestlers that really made up WCW to make it um, a hot brand. And some of the things that they could do um, was being completely different and be a little bit more edgy. They could bleed, right? They can be able to be a little bit more violent, not not ultra violent, but they can be a little bit more violent. And so that was accepted at one point until uh, Time Warner took over um, WCW, took over Turner Television, TBS and TNT. Then all of a sudden you had people coming from the Atlanta's North Tower, the place where all the decisions were made at the time, telling Eric Bischoff, look, you can't bleed anymore. You gotta watch your language. You can't say that you're gonna fight someone. All this kind of stuff. There was a, like a long list of things that WCW couldn't do anymore. And all of a sudden, that edgy product that was WCW became a sanitized PG product. Meanwhile, Vince McMahon on the other channel was turning up the heat. This is why we saw 
Trish Stratus, not, you know, on her hands and knees, barking like a dog. This is why we saw bra and panties matches. This is why we saw bleeding. This is why we saw all the other stuff that WCW couldn't do anymore. Vince started to do, and all of a sudden, the audience for WCW went over to the WWE, and then that's the end for WCW. They closed their doors because a new... Uh, ownership came in and said, you can't be edgy anymore, not on this television, because this is going to be family-oriented television. And so that's one of the reasons why, not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons why WCW closed down is because they went from an edgy um, adult product to something that's completely family-oriented and totally different from WCW, what, the way, what, they, what made them successful. So I tell that story to tell the story now about AEW. As you well know, if you've watched one AEW show, you'll see an edgy product, a product in which um, in which you hear a lot of swearing almost every show. And listen, I'm no prude. I have no problem with this, right? I'm an adult. I understand that there's swearing. That's not a problem. It's, it's, I totally get it, right? But every show, there is swearing on TBS or on TNT. You hear more swearing on AEW programming than you hear even most movies they run on there, most TV shows they have on there. And they have every right to do that. If they can get away with it, that's fine. But just understand that Discovery is going to own TBS, TNT. And it won't be someone from the top. It will not be uh, Robert Myron, the, the chairman of Discovery. It won't necessarily be David Zaslav, the president and CEO. It'll be someone that is running one of the arms of the Discovery Company, someone from the Food Network, someone from HGTV, someone from TLC, someone from the Travel Channel, and their kids will be watching. And one of those executives will walk in the room and they'll say, hey, kid, what are you watching? Hey, I'm watching AEW Wrestling. And they'll see Chris Jericho saying shit five times in one promo. They'll hear MJF saying bullshit three times in one promo. And all of a sudden... um, that company, Discovery Networks, will be like, well, what is this, right? None of our other channels do this. Why is this happening on TBS? So I'm warning you now that uh, there could be a change in the way you view AEW. Now, again, some like it for the edgy content. Some like it for um, quality wrestling, especially on the top of the card. You know, you got you got CM Punk and you got MJF and you got Brian Danielson and you have so many others that can actually put a show on. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons why I tune in. It's not necessarily about the edgy language, but I know that that offends some. Not me. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not offended by much. But the point is, though, is that one of the things that keeps, I think, AEW fans coming back is because, man, they feel like you, they can say whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. It, it doesn't feel watered down and scripted like WWE television. And I think that's why the AEW has the audience that they have. Imagine if the language was cleaned up or you couldn't bleed every show like we've seen on Rampage or on Dynamite. You know, we see these Texas uh, you know, death matches. We see these... You know, wrestlers going through tables, fiery tables. We see wrestlers, you know, bleeding all over the place. And again, I'm a wrest- I'm a wrestling fan from way back. That doesn't offend me. But I wonder what others will think in Discovery and Discovery Networks. ECW was an edgy product, and they they could be edgy. They were on the Sunshine Network at one in the morning, right? ECW was something that you had to find late night. 
And then eventually they got on TNN and they were not as edgy as they wanted to be because they were not on at 1 a.m. And all of a sudden, even though the wrestling was pretty quality for ECW in some spots, people loved the edginess. They loved the extreme nature of ECW. Um, And of course, the most you know, whitewashed part of uh, ECW when it is when they came to the WWE, um, when they were part of the WWE brand, it totally wasn't even ECW by any stretch of the imagination. So all I'm saying is, is that if you're an AEW fan, that should scare you a little bit that what you love about it, the, the way you can sing along and you can be able to express yourself and you can see the wrestlers expressing themselves. You could tell there's no scripts and they can be able to you know, swear and do whatever they want. Don't be surprised and in a year or two, all that's taken away. And at some point, it's about the personalities and the wrestling. You heard Bischoff talking about the, um, you know, the booking. Don't book because of the way Dave Meltzer looks at your company. Book because you want to have your own personality. Well, definitely AEW is unique. There's no question about that. But just understand that I've seen this several times in the business with ECW and WCW where they were the edgy product and they were the anti-WWE and yeah, we're going to be able to kick ass and do whatever we want because we're not the family-friendly, you know, just um, bland WWE, I guess, that from their standpoint. We're going to do things differently. We're going to bleed and we're going to, you know, show bra and panties and we're going to do all these different things and all of a sudden, some network executive says, no, 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 we're not doing that here on basic cable. And all of a sudden it gets taken away. ECW's gone through it. WCW's gone through it. Um, and a few other companies as well on a smaller scale where they thought they had it. And all of a sudden it's taken away because someone was offended. Just keep that in mind. Bookmark this podcast. Remember, I told you first. And actually Eric Bischoff told you first. <laughs> and now I'm just relaying his message. Don't forget the merchandise for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. It's available right now. Uh, go to my Twitter or Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Check it out there and love for you to get a t-shirt, a mug, get yourself um, some TWT merchandise or Under the Hood Show merchandise right there available at WrestlingTWT on Instagram and Twitter. I am Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for joining me for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Man, we've had so much fun talking about everything wrestling. Uh and tell someone that Jonathan Hood Talks Wrestling Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday right here from the wrestling capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois.